Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Mark chapter 5. I keep making jokes for Cam. Doesn't Cam have a great laugh? You keep laughing. Didn't you love that song, Firm Foundation? I love that line that says, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. And then the chorus, he won't fail, he won't, he won't. Man, I, don't, I walk around singing that song all the time because God won't fail. Mark chapter 5, I'm in the New Living Translation, and we're going to look at the story of Jesus and Jairus. And I have been, ever since Thursday night, I've just been staring at this story. I've been thinking about this story. And I want to share with you five things that stood out to me in this. And, And before we do, I'm going to show you a video, because I'm going to take today as an opportunity to try and help you and strengthen your faith and prepare you. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I want to show you a video that I saw last week. And when I saw it, the Lord spoke something to me about his followers, his believers. And this is a video of two MMA fighters. Now watch this. They're in the ring fighting. And this guy is winning. But look what he's doing. He's stopped. And he's giving the other guy a lesson during the middle of the match. This is how you block my punches. See, he's like, they're fighting, fighting. He's winning. He's like, now hang on a second. Let me show you something. When I do this, you do this. And I wanted to show this to you because as I saw this, the Lord said this to me. This is what a lot of believers do in their spiritual walk. They get into the middle of a fight, and then they hope somebody will teach them in that moment what to do. But as followers of Jesus, we need to be built up strong and steady before the fight comes. So that when the fight comes, listen, this guy is swell, man. For him to take time and to stop what he's doing in the middle of a match and say, let me show you something is amazing. Because I want to tell you right now, the devil is not going to do that to you. The devil is here to steal and to kill and destroy, and he's going to do his best to take you out. And when you're not getting something, when you're not understanding, he's not going to say, let me help you out. This is too easy. He's going to keep going. But the Bible says that Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. And so we need to be built up in our faith so that when you find yourself in the fight, you're not not knowing what to do, that you've got your hands up and you're ready to fight. You can take that video down. We've seen it enough. Mark chapter 5. The beginning of the chapter, Jesus has gone over and um, he met the crazy guy called Legion with all the demons in him. Cast out the demons. They ran into the pigs, jumped off the cliff. Man, the life of Jesus must have just been so exciting. Then he gets back in a boat, comes back to the other side of the lake. And in verse 21 is where we're going to pick up. Well, I'm going to read 21. I think 22 is on the screen. It says, Jesus got into the boat again, went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader 
of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. We're going to work our way through this story of Jesus and Jairus because my hope today is to show you, to teach you, to look together into the word of God to see what we need to do when we find ourselves in the middle of storms and crises. You will end up there at some point in your life. At some point, you will be in the middle of a storm, and you need to know there are some things that are important to know that when you find yourself there, you're not lost like that boxer, not sure what to do and how to stop the attack, how to stop the onslaught. And so the first thing I want to say to you is this. Right here, we see that Jesus is there, and a leader shows up. And what does he do? It says, Jairus arrives, and the first thing he does is he falls at the feet of Jesus, pleading fervently with them, come over here and lay your hands on my daughter, because you can heal her. The first thing I want to tell you today is the first step, the first thing you do is you run to Jesus. You take your place at the feet of Jesus. Listen, we love doctors. I believe in science, okay? I believe doctors know what they're doing. We're thankful for nurses. We're thankful for the medical system. We don't, we're not like, oh, don't go to the doctor. Don't go there. They're, they're terrible people. They're, they're sorcerers. No. We're so thankful for them. But I want to tell you this. They're not the final word in your situation. They've got some wisdom, they've got some understanding, and truthfully, a whole lot more than I do. But you know who understanding and who knowledge they don't have more than? Jehovah Rapha, the great physician. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Nobody knows more than him. So when you find yourself in chaos and you find yourself in a storm, the very first thing you do is you run to the feet of Jesus and say, I need you right now. Jesus went with them and all the people followed crowding around him. Now we're going to jump over to verse 35. Because in the middle, on the way there, this is the great story where Jesus is on his way there. And in the middle, this lady sneaks up with the woman with the issue of blood. She's been bleeding for 12 years. And she sneaks in, touches Jesus' cloak, and she gets healed and set free. And they had this conversation. And then we're going to pick up in the middle of this conversation. He's just healed her. And verse 35 says this. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus and they told him your daughter's dead there's no use troubling the teacher now trouble your trouble yeah that's a word for somebody you need to trouble your trouble trouble's going to come to your door but you just flip that thing around like, actually, I got something for you. Let me give you a piece of news. Thanks for sharing that information with me. I got something to say to you. We were talking to Cam and Natalie, and these, these nurses and doctors, you know, they, they just know what they know. They know what they've seen. They know what the science says. But at some point, you got to say this. Hey, 
I appreciate you and I thank you for your input. I thank you for all you're doing. I'm so thankful you're here working on this, that, or the other. But I'm here to tell you that I'm not going to accept the outcome that you're saying. But you got to be at a place on the inside of yourself that when you find yourself there, that you're not gassed and exhausted and you've got nothing to stand on. You got to know this beforehand so when you're in the fight, you know what to say and you know what to do. They said, don't trouble him anymore. It's, she's already gone. She's already dead. Don't come here. Just leave him alone. He's got a lot of stuff to do. And I love the response of Jesus. Because it says in verse 36, Jesus overheard them and he says to Jairus, I love this. He doesn't even turn around and say, actually, guys, he doesn't even talk to them. He doesn't address the messengers. He doesn't even acknowledge what they're doing. He just looks to Jairus and he says what? He says, don't be afraid, just have faith. I want to tell you, when you find yourself in this moment, here's the second thing I want to tell you. When you find yourself in a storm, when you find yourself in a crisis, when you find yourself in a place where you don't know what to do, the next thing you need to do is reject the lies from the enemy and you need to cling to faith in Jesus. Hebrews 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I can't see it yet, but I know it's coming. My faith is in Jesus. He's never let me down. He won't. He won't. He won't. He ain't going to let me down. Reject the lies. Because here's the thing. People are going to follow you around thinking they're good-hearted, thinking they're trying to help, thinking they're trying to do the right thing and the best thing for you. And they're going to bring things to you that you have to need to say to them, I don't want to hear it right now. I need to cling to my faith. I need to hang on to Jesus right now. Jesus, in verse 37, says, he had just said, don't be afraid, just have faith. Jesus stops the crowd, and then he wouldn't let anyone go him with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. Jesus stops the crowd. There's a huge crowd of people that have been following him from the shore, and they're all working their way to the home of Jairus. In the middle, this lady gets healed from the woman, like the woman with the issue of blood, she gets healed. I imagine there was people everywhere. And Jesus stops them all and says, thanks, guys. You can't come any farther. I'm done for today with you right now. I've got to go take care of something. And he takes Peter, James, and John, and they begin to go to the home of Jairus. Why does he do that? Because you need to protect your atmosphere. You need to protect the voices that are around you. When you find yourself in a storm, listen to me. When you find yourself in a storm, don't walk around talking to everybody you meet about the troubles you're facing and how bad it is. Shut your mouth and speak faith. You need to close your mouth. You need to close up your circle with people that you know are going to be standing and fighting and believing for God to work in your life the same way you are. So you need to protect that circle. You need to protect the atmosphere. You need to take that atmosphere and change it from an atmosphere of doubt, an atmosphere of worry, an atmosphere of anxiety. And you need to turn that atmosphere around and turn it into an atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving and faith. Listen, 
I am preaching better than you're all listening right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking for you to hoot and holler. What I'm looking for is for you to grasp what God is wanting to say and do. Because when you find yourself, one day it could be you sitting in this front row where you are fighting for your child's life or you're fighting for your marriage or you're fighting for your finances. You're fighting for your own health and you're going to need to know what to do. And you don't want to be like the dude in the fight not knowing what to do. Come on! Who is going to stop and teach you how to fight with the enemy? And I just heard the Lord saying that this is some of your mercy moment today, that you are sitting in this place and you might not have even meant to come to the, this church, but the Holy Spirit through a series of events through this has led you to this church. And this is a mercy moment for some of you today to hear the word of the Lord so you learn how to fight, so that you stand up and fight. So when you get into the middle of the fight, you're not lost and you don't know what to do. This is a word from the Lord to help, I believe, save some lives in this house. So to Anyone that has ears this morning, hear the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It is warm in here. <laughs> All right. We're looking at Jesus and Jairus. We're talking about the storms in our life. We're talking about finding our way from the beginning of the storm all the way through it to the other side. First thing you need to do is get yourself to the feet of Jesus. Take your place at the feet of Jesus. There's a second thing you need to do is reject the lies and you need to cling to faith. The third thing you need to do is protect your atmosphere. You need to bring the right people with you. You need the right people in your corner. I just love Rocky movies. Who loves Rocky movies? And Rocky's always got the right guy in his corner, doesn't he? In like the first two movies, it's like that, that Meredith Burgess guy. He's like, Rocky, you bum, get in there and fight. And he's always encouraging him and strengthening. You need the right people in your corner that when you're getting the stuff and knocked out of you, you've got somebody there saying, you can do this. Let's keep going. The word of God says this. The word of God says life. The word of God says life. The word of God says life. It speaks wholeness. It speaks restoration. It speaks healing. He can do all things. He won't let you down. And you've got somebody in your corner corner who's walking with you, encouraging you, reminding you of what God has said and what God has done. Bring the right people. And some of y'all need to get rid of people in your life. I'm not fooling. I'm not making a joke. Some of us have a posse of people that we take with us everywhere and they do nothing but bring you down. They bring nothing but speak discouragement. They bring nothing but drama with them. You need to have people in your corner that are going to protect your atmosphere. This is so much fun. Verse 38. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. Now listen, in this day and an age, in, in this day and age, what he's talking about right now, was super common. They used to, they used to hire professional mourners they would hire people to play flutes and when someone died at the moment of death then these professional mourners would begin to wail and to cry and, and play flutes, flutes flutes so that everybody would know that somebody had just died so they had sent messengers that she said she's dead and these people are 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 
mourning, they're wailing, they're playing their flutes so that people know somebody has died. And Jesus shows up in the middle of this and he says, he goes, he went inside and he asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. What is happening here? Jesus said, what is happening? I want to tell you the fourth thing. Then you find yourself in a storm of life. You need to stay steady in the storm. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus in the middle of the storm. You need to walk towards Jesus. When did Peter begin to sink in the storm? When he took his eyes off Jesus, the Bible says immediately he began to sink beneath the waves. When you find yourself in a storm, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You stay steady and you keep looking right at him, walking right towards him. You stay steady. I love how Jesus walked into a chaotic atmosphere. You know, the hospital is a chaotic atmosphere. There are bells going off. There are nurses running around. They're always putting syringe things in and pumping things in and pumping it out. It's chaotic. You need to walk into that atmosphere of your life, whatever it looks like and you need to stay steady in the storm. Keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Listen, the way this world is set up, it's set up to do everything it possibly can to get you to get your eyes off Jesus, who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing, so that you'll look around and begin to drop beneath the waves of the storm. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus in the storm. Here's the last thing. 40, the crowd laughs at him. He made everybody leave. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Get out of here. Just get out of here. Jesus is just causing commotion everywhere he goes. He's upsetting all the social norms and the religious practices. And he says, get these people out of here. He took the girls, mom and dad, and the three disciples. There are the seven of them in this room. Peter, James, John, Jesus, Jairus, the wife, and the little girl. Verse 41 says that he walks in, holding her hand, and says to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. The girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around, and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. I don't think that Jesus was overwhelmed and totally amazed. I think the mom and dad were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and he told them to give her some food, something to eat. Verse 41, little girl, get up. Last thing I want to say this is you have to walk in the authority that you've received. You have to walk in the knowledge of who you are in Christ. What I love about this story is Jesus walks in the room and he grabs the little girl's hand. He's not curious. He's not unsure what to do. He just walks in the room, knows who he is, and he says to this little girl who all, for all intensive purposes is laying on the bed dead. And he walks into the room, grabs her cold hand and says, get up little girl. And she jumps up and begins to walk around. You need to know the authority that you have. Listen, me and Jen have been talking about this for the last few days. It's, it's, so many believers 
are unsure of the relationship and the authority they have in Christ. And when they find themselves in crisis, they have to try and work themselves up to even ask for something. Am I even allowed to ask for this? If I go, you know, think about all those times when you were a kid and you were afraid to ask your parents for something because they might say no. Can I just tell you right now, he's not going to say no. Do you want to heal this person? Can, can you set me free? Can you redeem that which has been lost or broken or stolen? Can you fix this? Of course he can, because he won't let you down. And so you need to know that he is your father. You need to listen for a second, because I can tell this isn't hitting your heart. He's a good father. And a good father. Listen, you, you may have had a bad natural father. And I'm so sorry for that. But I want to tell you, he is not a natural father. He is our heavenly father. And he is a good father. And he wants the absolute best for each and every one of us. And you are the apple of his eye. Jen's the apple of his eye. Natalie's the apple of his eye. Cam's, yeah, I don't know how it works. We're all the apple of his eye. And he wants the best for all of us. And so it's like, we, we, we were talking about this. It's like you were at home and you have all the tools you need to do a job, but you're just afraid to go get that tool and use it. The lawn needs to be mowed. We have a, we have a lawnmower in the garage. I don't know if I'm allowed using it. I don't know if I'm supposed to touch this. I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to go there, grab the lawn, and, and, and use it to get what I need, which is a cut lawn. But when you become part of the family of Christ, you are his sons, you are his daughters, and you have access to all that your heavenly father is. And so you can go into his presence and receive what you need. So if you need healing, he wants to give you healing. If you need to be set free from tormenting thoughts in your mind, he wants to set you free. You just need to know who you are. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. He grabs her hand and says, little girl, get up. Get up. There is not one ounce of hesitation. He's not walking around the room, building himself up, praying in the Spirit. Jude 20, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Jesus doesn't walk in and say, hey, guys, hang on. I just got to encourage myself for a minute. I got to build myself up for a minute. I got to do this. Jesus was already built up before the storm hit. And he walks in that room with full knowledge of what his father wants to do, what his father's will is in that moment. And he just walks over to this cold, dead girl, grabs her hand and says, it's time to get up. Get up, come on, get up, let's go. And she pops up out of the bed, begins to wander around, and Jesus says, go get the girl something to eat. Listen, these, these, these accounts are in the word of God to encourage your faith, to show you that if God did it for those people, he will do it for you as well. They're in there so that as you read them, it builds your faith, and you can say, well, man, he did it for that person, he can do it for me. 
We have testimonies in church because you can hear other people saying, God's done this in my life. And if he did it for Jacob, man, I don't think he loves Jacob any more than me. I think he loves us both the same. So if he did it for Jacob, he'll do it for me. God wants each and every one of us to be prepared for the storms that come into our life. He wants those storms in your life to help you navigate through the other side, learning to trust and to lean on him so that he can show you his goodness, his favor, and bring you to complete restoration and wholeness in every area. In fact, I want to tell you this today. Don't run from the storms. Because a storm will follow you. They just move across the plain. They just move across the valley from one side to the other. A storm will follow you everywhere you go. But when you can walk through the storm with Jesus at your side, when you take the first place, which is at the feet of Jesus, you don't need to run from the storms. You'll be able to walk right through that thing to the other side and watch him work and move in your life. Amen? We're going to take communion together. If you don't have, if you didn't get one of these when you walked in the door, you can go grab one, I think. Marlene's standing at the back. If you need one, go ahead and grab one from her. We're going to take communion. And if, if you don't know what communion is, communion is us remembering the work of Jesus on the cross. Remembering all that he did for us. 1 Corinthians 11 talks about what communion is. And I'm going to pray together. And then we're going to get into this. Jesus, I thank you for your spirit to come and flood this place right now. Father, I thank you that you quiet hearts and minds, that our attention and our focus is on you right now. Father, as we prepare to receive communion, I ask that you speak to every heart in this place about your desires and your plans and your purposes. Father, I ask right now that you, that you speak to every heart in this place and that you begin to reveal the depths of your love. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you open our eyes and give us new revelation of who we are in you. If you're in this place today, and as I was talking, you realized that you didn't have a revelation of who you are in Christ that you realized that, that you don't know what tools are at your disposal, that you realized that you're even unsure of how much God cares and loves for you. I'm gonna ask the Spirit of God right now to open your eyes and hearts and to reveal that to you. And if that's you, all I want you to do is just prepare yourself, posture yourself by saying, Jesus, I want to receive more of you. I want to understand the fullness of your love for me.
and I'm going to ask him to right now. And I believe that as I ask him to reveal himself to you, I believe all across this place that he is going to do that. So, Father, I ask you right now in Jesus' name that by your Holy Spirit that you are revealing the depths of your love for each and every one of us. That you are opening eyes and ears and hearts to receive the truth of who we are in you, your sons and your daughters, grafted into your kingdom, grafted into your family, Jesus. Help us not leave this place today unsure of your love for us. We thank you, Father. We give you the praise. 1 Corinthians 11 talks about this cracker and this juice. The cracker is a symbol of the blood or the, the body that was broken for us. And we're standing together right now. We are standing together for the body of Jesus that was broken. And it is healing little Azariah. Father, we remember that by your stripes we were healed. Not we were maybe healed. Not we possibly could be healed. But Father, by your body that was broken, by the stripes that were placed, that were laid across your, across your back, we were healed. And we declare right now in the name of Jesus, healing to flood Azariah's little body. We speak healing. We speak wholeness. We say, rise up in the name of the Lord. We say, lungs, you begin to breathe. We say, junk, come out of those lungs. Father, we thank you that you are doing a work in Azariah that only you can do. Our trust, our hope, and our faith is in you, Father. We remember all those years ago that you went to the cross. You, your body bore those stripes for this, for this right now, Jesus. So we take this bread in remembrance and we say thank you. Let's take the cracker. This juice represents the blood of Jesus that made a new covenant for us that enabled us to go into the very throne room of God that made us righteous in the eyes of Him. Father, we're so thankful for the blood that was shed, that washes us clean, that makes us holy, that brings us through covenant into right relationship with You. Jesus, we thank You for the covenant rights that we have through this blood into Your family. We declare life and wholeness flooding through Azariah's body in Jesus' name. By this covenant we have with you, we can ask these things. We receive these things. We thank you, Lord. 
Let's take this juice. Now we're focusing, we're talking about Azariah right now. But as we take communion, we're remembering. I, I know everybody in this room has their own things they're going through. And so this communion isn't just for Azariah. It's not just for what's happening in the hospital. It's for each and every one of us, wherever you find yourself. So you can believe God for Azariah, but you can also be believing God for your own self. You can also be believing God for what you're walking through and what you're dealing with in your life. So we say thank you, Jesus. We remember the price that you paid and we would not be here without it. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for all you're doing, for all that you have already done and all that you still continue to do. Thank you, Jesus, I just love how we can look through the word and see all that you did back then. And we can say to ourselves, if he did it then, he will surely do it again. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Can we stand for a moment together and just begin to thank the Lord? Begin to give praise. Begin to give thanks. If you don't know what else to say, just begin to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for all you're doing. Jesus, I thank you that you're my healer. Jesus, I thank you that you are my redeemer, that you are my restorer, that you are my repairer. Jesus, I thank you. You are my peace. You are my peace in the middle of a storm. You are my peace when the wind is, is blowing and the waves are crashing, Father. I'm so thankful for all that you are. We talked about this last week, but... The Bible says to give thanks in all things, at all times. And something we've been talking about, when you find yourself in a moment like this, we say this often, but prayer asks, but it's thanksgiving that receives. That's right. You don't keep asking for a gift once you've received it. You've already received it. And so in these moments, in these storms of life, you begin to stand on the truth of the Word of God, and then you begin to give thanks for having received it. That's what faith is. I don't see it yet, but I thank you, Jesus, that I know that it's coming. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the cross, and you paid the price on the cross, and I know it's coming. I'm waiting for it. I don't know when, uh, but I sure know that it's not an if. And so I'm giving thanks to you today because when it comes, I'm ready, I'm waiting, and I know it's on its way. So take a moment again, in all honesty, in all sincerity, begin to give thanks to God like you truly mean it, like you are truly thankful for the things in your life. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. From the bottom of your hearts, begin to cry out and say thank you. Thank you that you're our healer. Thank you that you are at work when it doesn't look like you're working. Thank you for doing everything that you've done and all you continue to do. Prayer asks, thanksgiving receives.
creation because it's who you are Abba Father oh you see Raya in that room right now oh Abba Father you rejoice over him with singing you rejoice over him with joy you rejoice over him with singing you rejoice over him with joy He's the God who sees. He's the God who sees. Oh, Abba Father. We're going to pray for Cam and Natalie now. Can you guys come up here a little further? We'll put you on the stage so everybody on the camera can see you. Pastor Blake and Adrian, would you come up here as well? Come on up here. Can you grab that water bottle, Jacob? Love you too so much. 
just felt the Holy Spirit just wants to confirm. Even from Isaiah 22, 22, I open doors no man can shut. I shut doors no man can open. And I've given you keys, and the Lord wants to place specific keys it's in your hands. It's already been prayed about, especially you, Daddy. Especially you, Daddy. He's going to cause you to step out of those things that you've known in the natural into the spiritual realm in a deeper way. And specifically, the Lord spoke to me also out of Acts 16, where Paul and Silas were in prison, and it was the midnight hour, and they began to sing praises and worship. And those shackles came off, and they were able to walk out of that prison. And it's like Azariah's body has become like a prison, but his little spirit responds to the presence of God. It responds to the songs of the Holy Spirit. And I would release you to sing over him because he is responding. His little spirit is activated by the songs of the Spirit, singing in your spiritual language, praying in your spiritual language. And I say to you, son and daughter, as has already been spoken, do not be intimidated by the medical atmosphere. Or by the language of science or the language of medicine. But I've placed within you the ability by your own pure hearts and by the Spirit of God that is within you, even as it says in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And I am changing that atmosphere. That is my dwelling place, says the Lord. And even as you would gather those around you who have like spirit and who understand these spiritual dynamics, your son will step out of the prison of his body. He will step out of that prison. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made him free from the law of sin and death. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in him. And we speak that quickening today. And as you exercise those spiritual dynamics, particularly the song of the Lord, the songs of heaven, because the angels are being activated on your behalf. And the Lord would even open your eyes to see in greater measure And you are able to change that atmosphere into the atmosphere of heaven for my purposes, says the Lord. Mm. The plans and purposes of God are eternal. Your lives are of eternal value. And when he started this whole planet and the purposes of this planet out he said for a woman would leave her mother and father and he would cleave to her husband and they would become one flesh then he said go into the world and take possession of it be fruitful and multiply and this is a an eternal promise an eternal heartbeat of God that 
your beautiful little son was in his plan and purposes in his in his doing in your lives and so I know that God when he establishes something it is of eternal value and it's of eternal purpose and so I just feel that heartbeat of God this morning for your lives and that you have started out to be fruitful and you're multiplying and we don't know what God has further for you both. And um, his heartbeat is for little Azariah like never, never, ever before and always eternally and ongoing. There's a purpose for that little boy's life. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, you know. And he uses you as mother and father to bring this little man into life. And he is the life giver and he brings that everlasting life and so I just want to encourage you that all that has happened in your life uh, to this purpose and this plan of his is 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 a fruitful one because he is a God of fruitfulness and so I just I just pray that peace of God over you to know that your lives are are in his purposes and plans it's it's from the beginning and so we're just believing for that ongoing life. Oh, life. Just reach your hands out to them, you guys. Oh, life. Oh, life. Oh, life. You breathe life. Spirit of God, breathe life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Sing it with me. We speak life. Oh, life. Oh life, oh come breathe breath of God, oh life. Oh come on Josiah, oh life, come breathe breath of God, oh life, oh life, oh life, oh life, oh life, oh life, breathe breath of God, oh life, that's it, oh life, oh Josiah the snare, breath of
left the hospital, I said, I want you to look at me right now. I said, because the, I, I feel like the Lord is giving me, just showing me new things about the spirit of God and the breath of God, that we know that man was created by the dust of the earth, but man was also created by the breath of God, that the breath of God literally created not or something from nothing that's right the breath of god can create something from nothing so when we're saying spirit of god breathe we are saying god would you create something from nothing yeah. would you create something from nothing amen and the water might have taken a natural breath away but god's god's breath drops oxygen on this earth amen yeah. life we speak breath of life we say in Jesus name amen Jesus name James talks about if any of you sick let him call the elders and they'll anoint you with oil and you'll be healed and so we're gonna anoint Cam and Natalie with oil we me and Cam anointed Azariah the other day found a jar of somebody's I think massage oil in the room there and I was like I was like you know what this will work what is it's oil it's oil and it's a is a representation of the Spirit of God is what it is and so we're going to anoint them with oil as they walk through this. And we are trusting and believing God for grace and strength every step of this way with this journey. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, I anoint you with oil. Let me see your hands here. In your head, your thoughts for actions your heart in the name of Jesus we anoint you with oil we thank you God for your Holy Spirit filling them again right now with wisdom with insight with grace with understanding supernatural understanding beyond their own intellect father so that as they find themselves in those room having those conversations Jesus that your grace is present that your strength is there as they walk through this, Father, that it's not by their might, it's not by their power, it's not by their own hand, but God, it is by your anointing, it is by your spirit, enabling them to walk this journey through to the other side with their eyes set squarely on you, trusting in you to do and to be all that you are. Father, we thank you. Our faith is united, our hearts are joined, and we are trusting you Yes. We are trusting you for a mighty, dunamis, miracle-working power anointing in their lives, in Jesus' name. You join hands. I want everybody to join hands in the house. Church, everybody join hands with the person next to you. The Bible says, you know, if two or three on earth is touching anything, if we agree, it just, the Bible says it shall be done. It shall be done literally means if it doesn't exist that God will create it. Cam had called me on Thursday morning. He's like, Nancy, Jenny, I need like one of your three-line one-liners with something to encourage me. And, you know, one of the things I said was you got to get on the same page. And this was before anything was happening. And, and it's like the Lord saying that to all of us. We got to get on the same page. We got to get on the same page. And there's only one side, and that's the Lord's side. So it shall be done as you guys are one heart, one mind, and one flesh. There's such power in this agreement that nothing can stand against us because Jesus is binding this together, Lord Jesus. And we agree as a church. Come on, church. Let's say it shall be done. It shall be done. It shall be done in the name of Jesus. Let nothing separate you from the love of Jesus Christ and walking together through this situation. It shall be done.
Church, can we just give a big thanks to Jesus for what's doing, what's happening? Our hope is in Him. Our trust is in Him. There's a bigger story here. There's a bigger story. Are you guys worried about Azariah? Then why should I be? Why would I be worried? I was worried for a minute. <laughs> but like Jake just preached, I spent the last six years buried in this. My wife, she's come to Christ, the same thing. We are ready for this test because of that. And God has given me a word for you today. This is not me ranting about my life. You're going through something too. God's talking to you about you guys. And I can't help but take my eyes off my own situation for a minute and look at my family. I know almost all of you by face and name to some degree. Thank you for being our family through this. It's, it's a storm. It's a storm. But every time the devil tries to come in and give me a thought, I go back to this, I'm on my knees, and I confess the truth. Azariah, get up. Azariah, get up. Azariah, get up. Rise, little boy. Talitakum, rise, little boy. In Jesus' name. You know why my shoes are off? Because I'm on holy ground right now. Amen? Jesus. Jesus. God told me in the first night, this all went down. We were praying at 1, 2 in the morning with a group of people. He said that this is bigger than Azariah. Man, I really just want it to be about Azariah right now, but it's not. Didn't I say? <laughs> didn't I say? That this would be, you would see the glory of God if you just believe. Do not be afraid. Just believe. So on Monday, they're going to take an MRI. It's been three days waiting for that. And I know, God's already told me, they're going to come to us and say. They're going to come to us and they're going to be shocked. They'll be overwhelmed. That there's very little, if any, swelling left in his brain. I believe that in Jesus' name. And they're going to say, they're going to say, whoa, 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 we still don't know. That doesn't really mean anything yet. So, you know, we should really start talking to the hospice. And we should start talking to disabled persons that can help us. The disabled community, the, 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 the people in charge of that. And I'm going to look at them. And I'm going to smile. I'm going to tell them, hey, we love you guys. you got a really good heart. <laughs> but that's not what's going to happen, Uriah. That's not what's going to happen. So once you guys are out of ideas, we're going to do it our way. And we're going to watch Azariah rise. So we pray that you believe with me. And I pray for your situations today because this is about you, believe it or not. This is about what you've gone through. And this church has been dying to see a miracle flow out. And I'm talking about the North American church. has been dying to see a healing miracle. It's We're overdue. For more of these miracles and they're going to happen and if me and Natalie can walk through this you guys can walk through this the Lord has done miracles in my life I've been sober six years and the worst drug addiction that I know and it keeps working 
He keeps working. He's going to keep working. I love you guys. I just want to encourage you guys because I know you guys don't know the whole story, but I just want to tell you that God's been a part of this story from the very moment it happened, even to the point of months ago preparing my heart for what, what this was going to look like and giving me strength and courage and the words I needed to know from him that this is going to be something I'm going to walk out and that he's going to see me through until the victory. And I want to tell you that when I pulled my baby boy's body out of the water, I screamed for help. And there was a man, a firefighter who was retired, that happened to be there that night who was receiving an award for resuscitating a person that died for seven minutes and he brought him back to life. And he did CPR on my son until he got a heartbeat. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. God makes no mistakes. He's everywhere. And then when we got into the helicopter, there was a man that saw me with my foot on my Bible. And he said, I see that you believe in God. Can I pray with you? And we were in the air. And we laid our hands on my son together. And we prayed for healing and perfect completion of his life coming back in the name of Jesus. And when I got on the ground, I got into an ambulance, and the name of the ambulance driver was Godkin on the screen. And I said, my God, you're here. You're here in every step of the way. So as I prayed over Azariah last night, I placed my hand on his little head, and I heard his spirit saying, I will testify of the goodness of God in the land of the living. In the land of the living. And I want to tell you that when you beautiful people came up here the other night and were worshiping, we had that worship service on right in front of his bed. And I heard God say to me, I'm going to testify to those people that are praying for your son that I still make miracles happen. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to make a miracle happen, and you all are going to be reignited for the miracles in your life, in each and every one of your lives. Every one of you that needs a miracle, your, your faith is going to rise up inside of you, and you're going to believe that God is going to make that miracle happen, because if he can do it for my son that had no heartbeat, he can do it for you in your healing, in your restoration, in your breakthrough, in every part of your life. And I believe that with my whole heart. God said, Azariah rising up is going to be a movement. It's going to be a revival movement. And I thank you, Jesus, that you would use me and my family and my son for that movement. Because this is bigger than his story. And it's about other people. And it's about the world coming to a greater understanding of how amazing our God is. The God we serve, Jesus Christ. I just want to say thank you for your support and for continuing to hold the line and believe for Azariah's life and the testimony in the land of the living that he's going to share with you all. And he's going to run down that aisle because Jake and I both saw it. And we're going to be praising God over his goodness in this place.
Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have a great big party soon. And Azariah is going to tear this place apart. He just loves to hang out back there, pulling those blinds and those cords. And we're going to give him all the cords in the world he can find to pull on and have fun. You know, in the Bible, you see over and over again, Jesus asking people, what is it you want me to do for you? And you can see where Cam and Natalie's faith is right now, what they're expecting Jesus to do. And we know that he never lets you down. He never disappoints. Amen. We love you. Thank you for all for being here. Thank you all for your prayers, your faith. Remember, if you want to know more about what's going on, download that app so you can stay in touch and keep praying for them. If you need prayer for anything, we've got people that will be down here, right here, right? They will join their faith with yours and pray and believe God over here as well because God wants to work a miracle in your life just like in Cam and Natalie's. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday for our first Wednesday worship night. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.